0: Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And Did you know that the semi-absentee franchise owner and multi-unit franchise owner is on the rise? And did you know that the majority of franchisors are in non-food franchising? And it's not to say that food franchises are unimportant, but it is a very common misunderstanding with franchising and I am so pleased to have our guest today and it's someone that I've worked with together for several years, and we actually work as counterparts. Our company helps business owners franchise our company, and then our guest, John Austinson and his company, Frambridge Consulting, help match franchisees with franchisors and John. Austin, our guest today, recently released his book called Non-Food Franchising, and he's offered a free copy that you can download right from his website, FranBridgeConsulting.com. Now, John is a top 1% national franchise broker, investor, author, and international speaker specializing in the area he has coined as non-food franchising. Having served as the president of an Inc. 500 franchise system and now as a multi-brand franchisee himself, John is uniquely positioned to educate others on franchising and franchise selection. John just brings a depth and wealth of information, having been a president of a national franchise system Prior to starting Frambridge, that had more than 200 franchises in their system. And so you're gonna love this interview. It's right to the point, and John gives a lot of great information. So let's go ahead and jump right into my interview with John Austinson.
1: Yeah, John Austinson. I head up Frambridge Consulting based in Atlanta, but we work all across, across North America.
0: As a quick intro, John, what do you do with Frambridge?
1: Yeah, you know, I love what I do. I get the opportunity of helping other people step into business ownership, and so, you know, we've personally invested in franchises as a franchisee. I'm a former franchisor, and so I come at it from that angle. But I've just seen so many successes across the board for those, you know, looking to get into business ownership through franchising. So our goal is to help as many as we can, you know, whether it be full time or part time, executive model, semi absentee model, by helping them understand this world that we call non-food franchising, and then take tangible steps towards getting involved.
0: Great. Well, John, this is one of the reasons I was excited to have you on. You just finished your new book called Non-Food Franchising. And so I'd love for you to just give a quick little overview on the book and what led you even to put this together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Having, again,
1: having been a where I saw this landscape out there. I saw that there was a gap in the market, really in an understanding about the types of opportunities within franchising. So I say franchise, most people say fast food. And yet there's this large world outside of food, outside of hotels. There's this other world that exists that a lot of people just don't know much about, don't take into consideration. So, you know, the purpose of the book is to really educate on a number of topics. We talk about what what the franchise model means, you know, how does that work? What are the trade offs, the pros and the cons? We talk about franchising versus startups, franchising versus acquiring an existing business. You know, what, again, what are the trade offs? We talk about franchising your business. You know, again, a lot of business owners that we work with now are either looking at expand their portfolio through buying additional franchises or in some cases they're looking to franchise their business and then i introduced some of the great the great tom DeFore because he's the one that specializes in that niche yeah but we talk about the landscape that we see out there as far as the types of opportunities that are resonating with different backgrounds you know the different industries how each works we talk about the financials we talk about the funding piece and so we try to package all this together in a very readable format book's been out two months now. We've gotten great feedback and our hope is that it helps a lot of people.
0: I appreciate it. And I've read your book. I thought it was excellent. So anyone who's tuning in, this is a shameless plug here for John's book, but it's excellent, especially if you're coming in, you're new to franchising or relatively new. It's an excellent overview on the whole process. And one of the things you just said that really stood out as someone I've spent my entire career in franchising is when you speak with people who are not familiar, just in general with franchising, the immediate thought is always fast food or some kind of food related business. So I appreciate your interest in helping looking to broaden someone's understanding that it's not just food. Franchising is not just food. It's much broader than that. And with the recent growth here in franchising, it's really been hot as of late. Give us an overview. Who's buying? What are they buying? Who are these folks that are coming into franchising at this stage?
1: Yeah, you know, from a 30,000 foot level, I'd say most of our clients are somewhere between 30 and 60. We certainly have some, we've done some deals in those in their 20s or 60s, but I'd say 30 to 60. And, you know, probably 40% of our clients are looking to make the jump into an owner operator role, as we would call over where they're, maybe they're leaving their corporate job, and they can take on the reins of running the business the day to day full time. But then close to two-thirds or 60% of our clients are looking to go with what we call an executive model or semi-absentee where or semi-passive. You'll hear these different terms. And that's where you put a manager in place day one to run the business for you. Now, you want to have a good manager. You want to incentivize and align your interests correctly. And we kind of coach our clients around that. But But ultimately, the beautiful thing about franchising, as you know, is you're in business for yourself, not by yourself. You've got that franchisor over there. You can send your manager off to be trained by the franchisor. That franchisor is going to be that technical resource for your client. They're going to be helping, almost tag teaming with you. I mean, the buck still stops with you, but that franchisor is really going to help you manage the manager. And so the burden doesn't fully fall on your shoulders. And so that's one of the beautiful things uh, with that kind of support system around it. So we, I'd say it's approaching two thirds of our clients are looking to go with that model. And so we share how we've personally done it, how our other clients have done it. And, you know, Tom, we we work with such a wide array of different backgrounds. I mean, it's primarily white collar folks that we work with, but we've done multiple deals last couple of months with dentists. I mean, I think we've done four or five deals with dentists, this past fall, doctors, you know, attorneys, existing business owners. And then of course, you know, the, the corporate guy or, or gal that's looking to make an exit or at least get a side hustle going and scratch that Entrepreneurial ish that we all have.
0: What have you seen in terms of, I guess, when I think of from the perspective of the franchisor, when you use these terms, semi absentee or executive model, the coaching that oftentimes I'll provide or others in a similar space will provide is say you really are looking oftentimes for an owner operator who's going to be there actively running and promoting the business. So, how would you describe to someone the candidates you're placing? to a franchise or just to maybe help them feel more comfortable bringing on a semi-absentee owner into their network?
1: Yeah. Well, if you've been around franchising any length of time, you've already had to address this because, again, much of the market is represented by semi-absentee. But you know, I think it's someone that that understands what the day-to-day is going to look like and the needs of the business, and they're willing to roll up their sleeves and you know potentially put in 15 hours a week early on with the goal that that scales back over time. But they're also going to put forward a very strong manager. They're going to invest in somebody. They're going to either give them a little bit of equity or at least a profit sharing plan that aligns the interest uh, with the business. And then they're going to support them. And so I think you know those are the questions that should be asked. You know I think a lot of new franchisors out of the gate you know may get too excited by the first couple of candidates to show interest in their franchise system. And, and I always encourage them: Hey, be patient. You know this first couple of franchisees set the tone for your franchise system. They're going to be the ones validating. They're going to be the ones you know building that item 19 for you. And so it's so important to bring the right people on. But, you know, something that we're helping our clients with, we actually partnered with a national recruiting service that can help our clients find managers to manage business. Now, there's a small investment they have to make to to use this recruiting service, but they kind of know what to look for in these managers. And so because we felt like that was the gap that we're hearing from our clients. It's, hey, we love the idea, but where do we find a good manager? And so now we've got a backup plan for them
0: as with most things, it's always that, how do we find this key manager? And are you finding that when the franchisees you're helping place and find the right franchise fit and that are going semi-absentee executive model, are they employing this manager? Are they coming in as partner in the organization? How do you usually see that structured?
1: It really is both it's a combination of both I'd say more oftentimes they're hiring them you know I think about like one of our franchises is a, is a driveway business and we brought on a manager and you know about a month then he said hey I really like what we're building here. Can I actually buy into the business we let him buy into twenty percent which of course we loved hearing that you know that that his interest he put equity and he put his own capital in the game so it's a, it's a combination I think of A client of mine, Nathan, over in South Carolina, this is a guy, he's the largest franchisee of two men in a truck moving service. You know, operates in 10 markets, only 40 years old. He's become a good friend of mine. And every year he comes to me and says, hey, what's new in the market? I'm ready to launch another business. And he'll put a young guy off times he finds through his church or his community and in charge of the business. And he'll say, "Go, go make us proud. And Tom, in every case, he's come back and bought additional locations within the first year of a launch. And so that's always good validation. You know, I love seeing it. Yeah, but he goes heavy on the equity side. You know, he he kind of has that mindset. I'd rather have a small piece of a big nut than a big nut piece of a small nut. He wants to really incentivize these young guys that are hungry to to go get after it. So other clients might want to keep the cap cap table clean and they'd rather just use more of a profit sharing plan, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, pros and cons both ways, but I think either model can work.
0: Walk us through a little bit. Maybe someone's listening in and thinks, well, John, I'd love to maybe develop my own little extra side hustle business, or maybe they might have a potential franchise candidate or someone they know that might be interested in going through this. Talk through how you help guide someone. What's that process look like as they come to you and say, Don, I'm interested in something. Now what? How do you help guide someone through that?
1: I'd start by saying it's entirely free. There's no cost to work with us. You know, We're funded by the franchise brands. For them, it's a sales and marketing expense, and so nothing gets passed on. And you know We're affiliated with IFPG, largest brokerage in North America, and even at Frambridge. At Frambridge, we do more deals than just about anybody else out there. So we get to see what's resonating with different backgrounds all around the country and really be prescriptive in what we re- recommend to our clients. But we've streamlined the process, Tom. We keep streamlining it more and more because what we know is our... The magic happens when people are engaged with real opportunities and someone gets brought up on that call and they say, Hey, wait a minute. I can see myself doing that. That, that does fit. So our process now we'll have an intake call, usually with me. I'll ask some questions, share some thoughts. You know, we'll share a copy of our book, share some other resources to kind of help them fill in the blanks. And then the very next session, we will jump into reviewing opportunities. And typically it's around 10 opportunities that we see as the top available opportunities in your market given what you've shared with us, given the strength of the franchisors that we work with, their financial model, their competitive advantages within a given industry, and what's resonating with others. And we bring that together. And then based on market availability, hey, here are the top 10. And we'll walk you through each of those. From there, you'd say, hey, here are the three or so that seem most intriguing. We would make an introduction to the franchisors. And, and Tom, after that first call to the franchisor, you may say, hey, That's definitely not for me. What was John thinking? Totally fine. But every call, you're going to pick up something, some nuggets that are going to help you build this framework in your mind of what it is you're looking for. You know, what do you like? What characteristics resonated with you with this opportunity? And this one's opportunity is missing it. That's just when the magic happens. And so many of our clients go in saying, hey, this one that was number three or four, should I even talk to them? becomes their number one because something gets brought up on that call they hadn't considered. And and so the franchisor, as you know, will then take you through a process of reviewing the franchise disclosure document, the financials. We get to validate, talk to other franchise owners within the system. You know, it culminates at the end of, you know, usually a two-month period with what's called a discovery day or confirmation day. And we hold our clients' hand through the process. We'll have a series of touch-based calls, and we'll help them explore funding options or if they need a franchise attorney or recruiter, as I mentioned, we serve as a provider of all those resources to them.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that, John. And this is a great time in the show where we like to make a transition and ask you, the same questions we ask every guest before they go. And the first question we like to ask is, have you had a miss or two in your career and something you learned from it? I've had so
1: many misses in my career. It's not even funny, but let me think. you know, One that comes to mind that I think is relevant here, along with a business partner, we started a business that was a marketing agency and a call center combination. We made the phones ring and we answered them and we actually served franchises. We were a franchise vendor and we built the business up, had a team of about 40 and I realized that you know, here I was making things up as we go instead of, you know, I kind didn't of have that manual, a franchise manual, which would have been a beautiful thing. And I realized we became too custom for our clients and ended up not being profitable. So here's an example of building a business without a true path to healthy profitability and made mistakes along the way. Whereas if that had been a franchise business, we probably would have identified these mistakes well ahead of time and may not have gone down certain roads. So because of that, I'm all the more a believer in the franchise world.
0: I love it. Well, let's talk about the other end, a make or two you'd like to share.
1: Make or two. So kind of keep it on the generic side or, or the career-oriented side here. Out of college, I, I joined Accenture, a big global consulting firm, and I hated it, absolutely hated it a few months in, and it wasn't my thing. It was, it was more technology. I'm not an IT guy. But I hung with it, and I'd say the make was, you know, just grinding it. I understand, there's a season for everything. There's time to, you know, be present where you are. And long story short, ended up getting asked to go to India out of the blue with Accenture shortly thereafter, and just had an amazing experience over there in my mid twenties. So I think sometimes, you know, my takeaway here would be, oftentimes we're looking at option A and option B, and you know, option C comes out of the left field. You know, if we just keep moving, keep hustling, and keep grinding.
0: Thanks for sharing that. And let's talk about a multiplier that you've used to grow yourself or your business. You've mentioned lots of career growth and businesses you've grown. I'd love for you to share a multiplier.
1: Yeah, I'd say a multiplier would be the Entrepreneurs Organization. I've been a member of EO for a little over five years now. And that organization makes me better. makes me a better business person, but also makes me a better father and and husband and just all around and just a lot of self-development. You know, they always say you become like the five people you surround yourself most with. And and I'm very fortunate to have a great group around me that is inspiring me, giving me ideas and making me better. So a lot of credit and multiplying has come from the Entrepreneurs Organization.
0: Thank you. And the final question we like to ask, John, is what does success mean to you? One of the things I try to live by and I fail consistently,
1: but my North Star is to be a good steward. And so, you know, I think to those much is given, much is expected, you know, it comes from the Bible, which you know I certainly ascribe to. And and I think whether it be the time, the resources, the opportunities that we've been given, making the most of each of those, leaving nothing on the table. And certainly, you know, we all have the priorities of faith, family, friends, you know, finances, all the Fs that we think about this time of year when we're setting our goals for that next year, but ultimately comes down to stewardship and, you know, making the most of what we've been given.
0: You know, that actually reminded me in your book, you talk about where the profit is going to for your book and I'd love for you to talk about what you're doing. Yeah,
1: so first off, I'd say for any of your listeners, Tom, happy to provide a free digital copy of our book. You know, if they sign up on our website, we'll, we'll make sure to get you an audio and then uh, a PDF copy as well. But but no, if you choose to purchase the book through Amazon or another source, uh, 100% of profits go to Hope International. It's a great organization. It's a Christian-based organization but they operate throughout the world and supporting entrepreneurs and local economies and that whole idea of a hand up versus a handout and building sustainable commerce that will better their community. So my son and I had the opportunity to go down to the Dominican on a mission trip this past summer and get to know the organization in depth down there and just uh, really support what they do and happy to donate all proceeds from
0: the book to Hope. That's wonderful. Well, before we go, is there anything you were hoping to share or get across that you haven't had a chance to yet? No, I think we hit, hit quite a
1: few topics here, Tom. I'd just say, you know, what you and I are talking about before the show is we're looking at 2023. I mean, 2022, which is in the rear view mirror now, what a rock star year! I mean, you and I were both very blessed to, you know, help a lot of folks, you know, in slightly different capacities, but under that same franchising umbrella. And I mean, when we look at 2023, like we we're both saying, I mean, I've never seen so much interest, so much growth, so much strong economic activity on the ground that flies in the face of everything the big media is telling us, but all the naysayers about recession. And we're doing deals in Southern California. We've done multiple deals in Long Island. I mean, places, they're not getting a lot of good press these days. There's still a fervent nature on the ground. People are excited. They're ready to get after it. I think that bodes well for our country. So positive note right there.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, and just as a quick note, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you, contact? How can they do that?
1: Yeah, come out to our website, franbridgeconsulting.com. That's F-R-A-N, bridgeconsulting.com. And uh, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We put out some great content. And Tom's got a great newsletter too. I love receiving his, but sign up for our newsletter. We'll get a copy of our book over to you. And then if you'd like to take a next step and get on a call, I'd be more than happy to, to chat with you. So we'll um, I'll have my assistant reach out You know, if you sign up for the book.
0: John, thank you so much for being a guest and for the fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is that John's book draws attention to the broad and diverse world of franchise opportunities beyond food. And while he says he's not opposed to working with food, I think his emphasis here is just to let people know, especially the general franchise buyer or someone who's thinking about franchising, that there are lots of opportunities in addition to food, not instead of, but in addition to. Takeaway number two is that John is a top 1% franchise broker, and he sees that about two-thirds of his franchisees in his network are semi-absentee owners that look to hire a manager that then gets trained by the franchisor. And create some kind of a side hustle to put in about 10 to 15 hours a week. And I thought that was interesting. So maybe you might be that next person that's trying to be a semi-absentee owner for an investment for something you're looking into. And John would be a great person to talk to, or maybe you're a franchisor, you're franchising your business and thinking about how you might need to adjust your franchise offering, or the support or training you provide to accommodate a semi-absentee owner. Just some food for thought there. Takeaway number three is when John said that the economy is stronger than what is being portrayed based on what he's seen in his company. And he said, he's having franchise sales all over the country in areas where people may think might not be as hustling with new business anymore. Areas in, for example, as he said, in California and Long Island and some of these other areas that are getting franchise sales too. And John's sentiment on the economy is something that I'm seeing as well within the small business community also is that things seem to be really strong within the small business community. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is this idea of working with franchise brokers, and it might be working with a franchise broker to help you find the right franchise for you, or it might be referring someone like John to maybe a friend that's looking to get into a new business opportunity of some kind, or it may be for you as the franchisor considering looking for another way to grow and add new franchisees into your franchise system. Now, here's the thing that makes this a win. So number one is that the franchise broker, all of their fees are paid for by the franchisor. So there's no cost to the franchisee. Number two, the second win in this equation is that the franchise candidate is going to have the opportunity to work with a third party that's gonna help source and sort and find the right franchises that they think might fit what that franchise candidate is interested in. So it could be lifestyle, hours that they want to work, type of industry. There are lots of different avenues that go into helping identify that. And then this is going to be a win for the franchisor because the franchisor is now being introduced to a candidate that is qualified and interested in their brand. And there seems to be a better match there. So think oftentimes of the franchise broker community and and someone like John and his company at Franbridge as a matchmaker to help match together the right franchise candidate with the right franchisor to help both of them find the right fit. And I just think that working with a franchise broker to buy a franchise can be a huge win. I've seen actually one of my closest friends. It was a husband wife team that ended up buying a franchise and they looked for about three years on their own trying to find the right franchise fit. And then they were linked up with a franchise broker and ended up finding the perfect fit for them that they opened up recently and they are very happy with their selection. So just an overall win for the episode today. And so that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to having you back next week.